to episode number 57 of the loser hour and today there is no guest just me um gonna do like an old school type of episode pretty much there's stuff to talk about i've seen fucking i will tell you i have seen six movies in the theaters since the theaters reopened i believe at the end of last month they reopened on april like 26th or 24th or some shit like that and um i've yeah so i've been i've i've been every weekend but one um i went this weekend i i was there thursday night friday night and sunday night so or sunday during the day so yeah i i was there fucking for th- there was five big releases this week and i was there for three of the five of them uh two of them i the two that i didn't see were two movies i've never fucking heard of and they're not not a movie that I would ever check out. I don't I fucking even know. One's like a random fucking like shitty looking horror movie, and then uh, based just this is all just based off the poster and what I read um, on fucking on uh, the fucking movie app I have from when you can check the theater. But yeah, I got movies to talk about. We got some baseball to talk about. Um, so yeah, let's see. Let, let's just start off with some baseball and. These these episodes are so like because I don't I don't stick to any specific format. These episodes get like all over the place. So fuck, I really don't remember the, like the last episode that I I talked about any of the sports. I think the last, if I can think hard enough, I believe it may have been the last one I did solo, where um, I was talking about the uh, season just getting ready to go and we may have been like the first couple games into the season or something. I believe I did, um, some type of record. Um, I did, I I know I did a prediction of who's going to win the divisions. And and when I put that episode out, I I completely forgot that I, I forgot the Padres completely and was like, fuck, I look stupid for not even thinking like the Padres, but who knows now? Uh, I mean, we're, we're, do the math here fucking we're 40 games in 40 41 games in something like something like that so we're we're a quarter of the way through the the season right now um so it's not no time to like be uh in celebration mode for for teams like um myself that uh fans of the giants that you know we we weren't really predicted to be much more than a fourth or third fourth place team and uh, fighting behind the Dodgers and Padres for even uh, a smell of a, of a wild card, like, let alone leading the division. But that is, uh, you know, what we're looking at right now. And um, so as we stand, well, shit. Let, let, let's see. Let's see. Before I get, I'll get into this fucking stupid uh, baseball shit. Uh, shout out to Pat for coming on last episode, a um, couple weeks ago. Um, and shout out to Ben for coming on the episode before that. Um, both, both episodes were fucking super fun. So, you know, Pat's been on a couple times and Ben, that was his first time coming on. He'll have to come back on, but yeah, shout out to those guys for, for the last two people that have come on. Um, and yeah, I, I, 
I was planning on doing this this specific episode talking about movies with my buddy Eric. He's been on a couple episodes um, this past weekend, but they're just th- you know things things come up, life happens, and we just got to reschedule, get get better, get better timing, and work it out. So that uh, no big deal. I'm, I got to fucking put an episode out. Going to put an episode out. But then, yeah, so so Eric will be on an upcoming episode. Miguel will be back on an upcoming episode. We've been fucking struggling to get our schedules to realign as well. But, um, yeah, I got some people that I, you know, that are going to come back on, and I got some other people that uh, I'd like to get on the show that haven't been on. It's just all about scheduling and stuff like that. So you're going to have to listen to just me talk when, when, when there isn't people to come on the show, which, you know, whatever, if you don't like those episodes then just skip it. But hey, leave a five-star review, you know. You have to leave a fucking review or or subscribe or whatever. At least do that. At least at least do a brother a solid on Spotify or iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever. Just subscribe and fucking if you subscribe, if, like if you have an Apple phone, just go to the podcast app, search that shit. Um and yeah, you'll you'll just fucking you'll get the episodes when they like right when they release, I usually release them fucking on Tuesdays at midnight today. As I'm recording, this is Tuesday at like six fifteen PM uh, Pacific time. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little behind on this one. I was going to record yesterday, but then, you know, sh- again, shit happens. Just life happens. I don't have a, I, I record this shit in my fucking kitchen. So if somebody like, like, you know, my roommate came home yesterday and it's like, I'm not going to fucking ask him to just like, go away so I can record a podcast and I'm sure he doesn't want to sit there and just while he's in the living room, listen to me, just talk to myself. And you know, I'm not, he, he, he'll be on eventually, but he wouldn't have wanted to do an episode yesterday. I could, so it's, it's just like shit happens. So I'm behind today, but whatever, fuck it. And, and I'm totally off on my broken record of being consistent. I'm fucking totally off on that. That's not gonna, I don't know. That's not going to happen. I guess fuck, I'm not going to stay consistent. Um, it's just harder for, to stay consistent when, when shit's always like my work schedule just recently changed again. So, and then, like I said, I don't like doing more than like maybe one or two episodes just by myself. I like to pepper in like, you know, I'll do one by myself and then do like three, four with different people and then do another by myself or two by myself and then pepper another couple gr- groups in of people on the show and stuff like that just because I'd rather have people on the show every week and just fucking be able to talk about whatever the fuck's going on in life. I feel like that's more, it's, I don't know. It's more like on a show like this when I'm just by myself, like I'm more prepared of what I'm going to talk about. I don't have a list of things, but I'm more prepared to have like my phone in front of me and I'm looking like, okay, I got to talk about this. Got to talk about this. Got to talk about this. And when I'm with somebody, I literally have nothing and that's kind of how I, I like to do it. I, I don't I don't really come prepared at all. And I've done shows where I've come prepared with people and it just doesn't feel the same. So it's like if we're going to talk about a specific thing, I'll read about that specific thing or do research on it before talking and then I'll have it in my head. And if I need to refer to something, I'll refer to something. But most of the time I try to say locked into the conversation like I'm actually having a conversation with somebody which is the whole overall point um 
just talk to people and whatever. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, the first, you know, like the, like I said, this is an old school episode. So, yeah, go like, subscribe to the show, all that kind of fucking shit um, on iTunes uh, where I was going. With fucking, I'm all over the place. But, uh, yeah, just go to the iTunes app if you have an Apple phone. Go to, not the iTunes app, the podcast app. Search it in the search engine. Fucking lose our podcast. Even if you don't listen to podcasts, just search it. Subscribe. Just just subscribe. Just do it. And whenever the episodes come out, they'll, they'll fucking automatically go into your feed. Uh, if you don't have an, an Apple phone, you go on Spotify. It's free. Uh, you don't have to fucking be a, a pro subscriber. If you are a pro subscriber, then there you go. You can fucking search Loser Hour Podcast, um, and you can subscribe there as well. If you don't have either of those, if you don't fucking want Spotify, then fucking download the SoundCloud app and do the same thing there. Subscribe, and you'll get the episodes fucking when they come out and all that kind of shit. And then just fucking like that shit and rate rate and review that shit. And yeah, uh, pretty much that. I, I fucking not gonna tell you to follow the, all the fucking stupid social medias because I literally don't post on them ever. Um, so yeah, uh, but there is a Twitter at Loser Hour Pod. Fucking there, there's nothing there that I ever post. Uh, I just post when when an episode comes out. I just post the the link to the episode. So that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, uh, so let's get, let, let let's let's get into this fucking shit. Too much rambling on here. So the baseball season, like I was saying, were were about forty. I'm looking at the the standings here, and yeah, we're about forty one games in, forty two games in, forty three somewhere around there, depending on the team. Um, I believe we're we're over the forty mark though. Just like quick glancing over everything. So as right now, the records stand um, in the National League West. Uh, like I was saying, my my San Francisco Giants at the top at twenty five and sixteen. Right behind them, a half game behind them, the Padres at twenty five and seventeen, and then the Dodgers two games back at twenty three and eighteen. The Arizona uh, Diamondbacks at eighteen and twenty four, and then Colorado at fifteen and twenty seven. Over to the National League East, um, God, this is an ugly division right now. Fucking tough. That's why all the, all the teams are fucking under five hundred, but. Uh, fucking two so you got the Mets the New York Mets at 19 and 16 at the top of the division behind behind them are the Philadelphia Phillies at fucking 21 and 20 and then Atlanta at 19 and 22 Miami at 18 and 22 and Washington at 16 and 21 so yeah yikes uh and then the National League Central we're looking at the St. Louis Cardinals at uh 23 and 18 at the top of the division then the Milwaukee Brewers 21 and 20 the Cubs at 20 and 20, the uh, Cincinnati Reds at 19 and 20, and then the Pirates at 17 and 23. So right now the the Rockies are the worst team in the National League, and then the Nationals, and then the Pittsburgh Pirates. So yeah, um, then over to the American League, we have the American League West, uh, the Oakland A's at the top at 25 and 17, then the Houston Astros at 24 and 17, uh, the Seattle Mariners, 21 and 21. Uh, the LA Angels at 18 and 22. And then the Rangers are 19 and 24. Um, the National League Central, we have the Chicago White Sox at the top at 25 and 15. The Cleveland Indians at 21 and 18. Uh, Kansas City Royals at 18 and 22. Detroit Tigers at 15 and 23. And then the um, Minnesota Twins at 13 and 26. Yikes. 
I had no idea the Twins are struggling that bad. Man, that's fucking terrible. They're supposed to be fucking cleaning up that division. Man, they're getting they're the worst team in baseball record wise. Holy shit! You have uh, American League East: the Red Sox at the top at twenty five and seventeen. The Blue Jays behind them at twenty two and seventeen. Then the Tampa Bay Rays twenty three and nineteen. The Yankees at twenty two and nineteen. And then Baltimore at seventeen and twenty three. That's looking like a tough four division at the top there boston may fall off a little bit but toronto tampa bay and uh the yankees new york yankees that's gonna be a slugfest at the end there so yeah currently the games that we have going on right now um the giants are up 4-2 over the reds in the top of the ninth the a's and uh, astros are about to get underway with um it looks like in oakland um the Rays are up 10 to 4 against the Orioles with uh they're they're in the top of the 6th and there's two on one out for the Rays. Uh looks like the Marlins are up one nothing against the Phillies in the bottom of the 7th. Uh looks like the Phillies are threatening right now runner on second one out. So uh may tie the game up there. Uh middle of the 8th Mets are up 3-2 against Atlanta. Um, bottom of the fifth, the Blue Jays are up against the Red Sox four to nothing and, and threatening with uh, zero outs and uh, runner on second. Cubs are up two to or three to two over the Nationals in the bottom of the fifth. And then there are two Cubs on right now, two outs. Bottom of the fifth, White Sox are up four to one over the Twins. End of the fifth, the uh, Cardinals are up five nothing over the Pirates. Top of the fourth, uh, the Rangers are up three to nothing over the Yankees, but the Yankees have one on and one out. So top of the fourth there. End of the third, it's nothing, nothing against the Royals and the Brewers. Uh, Angels and Indians is about to get underway. And then we have the Diamondbacks against the Dodgers tonight. Julio Urias going for the Dodgers. And then the Rockies and Padres with Blake Snell going for the Padres, and then the Tigers and Mariners, uh, those all, all those games start at 7-10, so those are the three that haven't begun yet. So yeah, right now, um, the big news that came out of uh, just just happened yesterday, Mike Trout, um, calf strain, right calf strain. Um, he's going to go onto the injured list, the disabled list, whatever the fuck you want to call it, He's going to miss six to eight weeks. That's a total fucking bummer. Uh, the Angels aren't performing well right now, but it's Mike fucking Trout. It's your best player. Um, they do have Shohei Otani, who is the league leader in home runs right now. Dude is just a goddamn fucking freak of nature. Just just watching the clips of this guy, man. Like I don't watch a ton of Angels games, but I do watch a lot of the clips, and I'll watch quick pitch and stuff like that. So... Just seeing this guy, like, he hit a home run, I believe it was yesterday, that just was a fucking bomb. It was, and the ball was fucking out of the zone, way up high, and he just clobbered it, fucking, like, dude is 12 home runs, something like that, and he's pitching at a high level. Yeah, he he is something special, but Mike Trout here, who's just the best player in baseball, he is absolutely fantastic. He's going to miss at least two months. 
I mean, there's no denying that. So, um, it looks like Trout is going to miss some time, but whatever, you know, the Mets are, are the Angels are just garbage. Um, well, the, speaking of the Mets, uh, Kevin Pillar, man, he was hit in the face last night by a f- really, really gnarly pitch. But then dude's just like fucking <laughs> – He's he's wanting to be in the lineup the next day. He walked out and uh, walked off the field yesterday and was all acting like he's good. And it's like, dude, you just got hit in the fucking face. Like, what the fuck? But yeah, the baseball season has been it's been fun. I'm not trying to to get all like I don't know what's the word I'm I'm looking for. I'm not trying to get like over braggadocious with how the Giants are performing. I'm super excited and I'm happy that this team is is like going off of what they did last year and using the new additions of the pitching and just coming together and proving people wrong like the past Giants teams have done. So if they can sustain this throughout the year and make some trades and if they're in it at the at the deadline, fuck man, you got to make some trades and you got to go for it. Like you got to do what you got to do. There's a couple of players on this team that have been there and another like front of the line starter and a closer at the deadline man would make this team like if they're continuing to be at, at play at the pace that they are now, because what they, they split series with everybody and, and it's pretty much how you have to play if you want to have a winning record. And before the last few years with the giants, it's been like last year, they got hot at a specific time and last year was a weird season. So, but the last few years, it's been like they're losing every series. They're winning one in the middle or they're winning the last game, but, and they're not getting swept, but they're losing every series. Now they're winning every series or they're splitting four game series, which is what you want to do either win or split the series. So, if if or you just you know if you're greedy you want to fucking sweep everybody but that can't happen you know you'll have a sweep here and you win the series win the series occasional series loss but like recently with Pittsburgh they they just played Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh is one of the bad teams that they should be beating but they still split the series with them they you know they lost two games but they still won two games out of the four games set there so it's better than getting fucking going down and losing a series to, to Pittsburgh on the road and right now with the Reds, they're, I believe they they lost last night, but they won the night before, and um, so they're they're if if this is a three game set, let me check. I know they won yesterday. What am I thinking? I was thinking of the Pirate series. So they won yesterday six to three. They're win- they're they're winning today four to two. There's uh, an inning left in that one, and then there's two more games in the set. So at this point. If they get a if they get a W tonight, they've only at risk of splitting a series in Cincinnati. But they could take the series with with the next matchup with with Kevin Gaussman, the ace on on the mound. So it's been fantastic starting pitching from primarily three players, and then not terrible but subpar, good enough to get the job done starting pitching from the likes of Logan Webb and. Um, 
Aaron Sanchez before he was injured. Johnny Cueto pitched very well. It's hard to judge Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto, is, he pitched very well the first few games. He pitched well in his first game, not so well his second, and then he was pitching well, and then he got hurt, and he hasn't been great since he's been back. I think he's had two starts or one. His, start, his first start back was not good. So Cueto needs to get back on the right track. But the three standout guys have been Kevin Gaussman and uh, Anthony DiScalfani and Alex Wood. Those three guys have been just lights out. And a healthy Alex Wood, man, is just a, he's a goddamn monster. So hopefully that guy stays healthy. And Anthony DiScalfani, I, I mean, that dude showed flashes of brilliance when he was playing in Cincinnati, but he's pitching in a, a really tough park to pitch in on a daily basis or on a five, you know, every five days type of thing. And you're playing against teams that are tough and division that is not so pitcher friendly. Now he's over in the national league West where you're pitching in really the, the only road team in the division. That's a fucked up park to pitch in is Coors. So he's pitching in a, in a pitcher friendly park in San Francisco and San Diego uh, in L.A., and then the one in Arizona is a more hitter-friendly park, but it also has its type of shadows that make it for, like, pitchers that, you know, the home pitchers there are really, you know, they, they like the shadows, stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been an entertaining season. There's been a few no-hitters, three no-hitters. Um, four no hitters. I thought there might have been a yeah. There's four no hitters. Four no hitters. I think there's been John Means for the Orioles, Wade Miley for the Reds, uh, Lucas Giolito or not Giolito, um, Carlos Rodon for the White Sox, and Joe Musgrove for the for the Padres. So there's been four. I believe there's been four. Yeah, those are the four. So yeah, there's been a couple no hitters. There's been some fucking crazy games. So yeah, I'm 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 excited. I there's a there's the big old Dodger series coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And yeah, it'll be the end of the the road trip for the Giants. They're flying home on Thursday straight into San Francisco and they play that night against the Dodgers at home. So yeah, that should be a good game, a good set of series, but it's the you know, it's the end of a of a tough road stretch, so it's been I think it's been like 11 straight games without a day off. So yeah, it let's let's keep the momentum going and beat the Dodgers. So, let's go right into the movie shit. Let's let's go into the movie talk cuz I got a lot of movies to talk about. So as I said, the theaters reopened and I've been fucking I've been going. I was deprived for too long and and I was I was like I got to go, right? When right when I found out they were open, first one I went and saw was um, I was like, I have to see a new movie. What's what's new? What's playing here? Opening weekend was Mortal Kombat. That weekend, for, first weekend of them open, I was like, fuck it, I'll go see Mortal Kombat. And then uh, nobody was also playing, so I'm like, okay, I'll go see Mortal Kombat Saturday night, and then Sunday on my day off during the day, I'll go see nobody, which is exactly what I did. So Mortal Kombat, first movie I saw, uh, back in the theaters, um, I liked it. I thought, you know, like if I'm being critical of it, you know, the acting was terrible. 
some of the actors were okay, but the acting was just terrible. It was cheesy as fuck, but it was exactly what I wanted in a Mortal Kombat movie. It's supposed to be ridiculous and, I don't know, sort of B-movie-esque with this just fucking graphic violence that looks great and, you know, everything it needed to be for me. Um, It's not like, you know, an A a movie at all, but it's definitely an enjoyable movie and I'd go see it in, in... in the theaters, I'd recommend people see it in the theaters, but um, I've never heard of this director that that made it. This looks like his first movie that he's uh, like first big time movie. Yeah, he produced it, directed it. Never heard of the guy. Never heard of any of the actors really in it. Um, I don't think I've seen any of the other actors. They're, some of their faces look familiar, but this was pretty much just basically an unknown like everybody, and it's definitely enjoyable. Um, let's see, it's sitting. In, it it's it's rotten on fucking Rotten Tomatoes, but fuck Rotten Tomatoes. They, what do they know? It's fifty five percent with the critics and it's eighty six percent with the people. So, yeah, I wouldn't. I would. I'd give it. You know, I'd give it probably like a B, a B minus. I wouldn't give it a B plus. It's sitting there a B plus. I'd give it more like a eighty one. Like, but you know, that's that's fair. Eighty six. That's fair. Ah, fucking thirsty. All right. So yeah, Mortal Kombat. If uh, I don't think it's on any of the fucking streaming sites, I don't, it might be. I don't fucking know. I'm not even looking at that shit though now. So yeah, Mortal Kombat. I enjoyed it. I fucking I didn't know much. Like I'm not. I'm not super. I played the game when I was younger, like the old school game. I'm not really super into the new games. I've played them, so it's not like all the fan service shit wasn't like you know shit that I was all into because I'm not, like, a hardcore Mortal Kombat fan. And I didn't really know much about, like, that world, like, in the story and shit until, you know, a couple days before my buddy fucking was telling me about it. And then he was like, I'm not going to spoil it for you. And I'm like, fuck that. I, I want to know. So I watched a bunch of fucking YouTube shit about, like, fucking Mortal Kombat lore and all that shit. So I was, like, kind of prepared going into this fucking movie. Like, hopefully they do this. And hopefully, you know. So I was geeking out about it a little bit in a way that I was like, you know, that people that are super into this shit probably would. But yeah, I enjoyed the movie. Um, the main character is like, I, I've, I don't know if he's he exists in the video games, but they had pretty much every character. But if they, I, there was a lot missing obvious, for obvious reasons. They're, they're you know, going to make a bunch of these fucking movies. But Sonya Blade, Kano, uh, Sub-Zero, Jax... Um, Raiden, Scorpion, fuck, uh, pretty sure, uh, Cabal, um, who else, uh, who's the fucking hat guy, the fucking dude who threw the hat, fucking, that guy was there, uh, the big fucking, like, four-armed dude was there, uh, Liu Kang, Oh, fucking Kung Lao, that's who it was, yeah. So that fucking dude, um, yeah, there was a whole bunch of fucking characters. The the crazy, like, purple, like, I don't know, whatever fucking you would call it. Like, fucking uh, warrior bitch, I don't fucking know. She's, uh, she's in it. But yeah, they left out, like, Johnny Cage, and fucking, there's a few other characters that I can't really remember at, at, at the moment. I'm not a fucking huge, like I said, Mortal Kombat fan. But um, 
Definitely an enjoyable movie. It's a fucking bloody movie, so yeah, be prepared for some fucking violence. Um, let's see. So then Nobody was the next movie that I saw, and I liked it a lot. Um, this is the Bob Odenkirk, like John Wick-style movie. Um, if it feels like John Wick, there's a reason for that. It was uh, produced by, I believe, the same same people. This This guy that directed it, he actually directed um, one of my favorite movies from a couple years ago that I never did see in theaters, but I did watch at home, and it was fucking super innovative and an interesting concept, but the hardcore Henry, where it was all like a video game point of view, like coming like the dude wearing a fucking uh, a GoPro the whole time, basically, like and doing all this crazy shit. So it could give you motion sickness and that kind of stuff, but it's from the same director. And then the... um, like I said, I believe it was produced by the same people that um, uh, did John Wick or written or some shit like that. Let's see. Yeah, so written by the same writer of John Wick. So if it feels that way, that's that's why. And basically this movie is just about like a fucking, in the title, like he's just a fucking nobody. He's this just basic dude. You you see in the the early part of the movie, you're, you're getting like clips of his day. It's... Sh- letters on the screen Monday and then showing him doing what he's doing on Monday and then Tuesday and showing what he, and it's just all mundane shit. He's getting ready for work. He's missing the, taking the trash out. He's getting bitched about it for it. Missing, taking the trash out. He's running, he's working out all this kind of stuff, um, is going on. And while that's going on, you're like, okay, this guy's just a fucking loser. Well, his house gets fucking broken into one night and, there's two people there there uh one has a gun and he's just like okay he goes down he sees this happening he's like okay cool like let's just de-escalate this situation the best we can and give these people whatever they want so they get the fuck out and you're kind of getting the feeling like maybe this dude is crazy or some sort of a badass but you don't really know and then the part where like his son comes downstairs, tackles one of the people, and then you um, you see he has a moment where he has a golf club in his hand, and he has a moment where he can hit one of them in the head and just destroy her. Well, she turns around and just points the gun back at him, and he freezes, and he tells the son to let go, and the son gets punched in the face. The son's like probably 16, 17, something like that. So you're like, man, this guy really is a pussy. Like, fucking, if you've seen the trailer, you know that he's going to do some crazy shit. But you're like, man, this, this something, something's weird here. And they're getting, they, they they do a slow burn with with revealing what type of, like, why he's so crazy once shit gets going. So he doesn't, he doesn't do anything. The cops come, they, you know, they leave, the cops come, he tells them, you know, I didn't do anything, they're like, you did the right thing, but one of the cops kind of makes a comment, you know, if that was my family, though, fuck, I'd love to have the, the, the jump on one of them, and it's like, he's sitting there thinking, you know, what the fuck, and he's going on with his, his day again, like, the next day is the next day, and he misses the garbage takeout again, like usual, and 
he's he goes to work and everybody's heard about what happens and his brother-in-law is trying to give him a gun and he's like I don't really want this he puts the gun in the fri- in the freezer at, at the work fridge and you're like you can tell he works for his his family so he's trying to buy this place that he works at all this kind of stuff it's a machine shop he's up in upper management but he works for his wife's family and like okay something something's like this is you know putting the gun in the fridge something's going to happen with that gun later but uh, he he's playing it off like he doesn't know how to use a gun, all this kind of stuff. So you're like, man, this guy's a fucking real motherfucker. Well, then he goes into his office and opens up a, a cabinet. He's got a CV radio in there, and he turns it on, and you hear, like, old-timey music. And then after the music's ended, you hear a voice on the other end, and he's communicating with somebody through the CV radio, and he's telling the, the, the guy has heard about the story that happened the night before, and they're talking about it, and... He's asking him why he didn't do anything, and he tells him, you know, the gun wasn't loaded. And he's like, so that's why he didn't do anything. He's like, yeah, like, he had to use, like, his, you know, self-control type of thing, knowing that he, he, he could tell that the gun wasn't loaded. So if he did do anything, you know, he it could unleash whatever he doesn't want to unleash. I don't know. So it eventually gets to this point not so so far um i'm trying to think like it's it's probably like 15 minutes from this point where he he goes home and his daughter's looking for her like her kitty cat bracelet and after the whole day of being just like humiliated by everybody and everybody just like man why didn't you do anything you fucking pussy all this kind of shit his his daughter looking for this bracelet fucking sends him over the edge it's such a ridiculous type of thing but she's like I don't know where my bracelet is. And she's probably like eight. And he's like, where'd you last have it? And she's like in the bowl on the kitchen table. And that's where the money was that the tweakers that fucking robbed the house grabbed all the money out of. So he's just automatically thinking fucking these people. So he fucking leaves, goes to his dad's house. His dad is Christopher Lloyd. It's fucking perfect casting. And, uh, goes over to the dad's house. Uh, grabs his his dad's a retired FBI agent so grabs the gun and the the badge tells his dad he's got something to do and goes out looking for these people and he's got a a tattoo that he was able to like sketch from his memory so he's looking for this tattoo and he's going to tattoo parlors using the fucking ID all this shit and he eventually gets in uh get some information I should say on the uh, people he's looking for and he gets into their house and it's just these it's this man and a woman they're you know desperate couple they have a a newborn baby and he realizes fuck I can't kill these people like they're just desperate and he gave him a good fucking scare and he takes off and he's on the bus and he's fucking riding home and he's sitting there and the bus is it's just him and this this younger woman sitting off off to the side and this other dude um up at the front he's like reading a magazine and all of a sudden this fucking off to the like the left there's this outside the bus this fucking accident happens like these fucking drunk people drive their suv right into like where they're doing road construction and like five dudes jump out and they're all fucked up and they're like what the hell the bus driver has stopped at this point and they're like let us on the bus. So then they get on the bus and they start harassing everybody. And the guy at the front with the magazine just fucking gets off immediately. And then 
the girl in the middle is left like with these dudes to harass them, harass the girl. And he's Bob Odenkirk sitting back there just like, all right. And there's like narration of him talking to himself, basically like, you know, like I need to fucking do this now. Like these fucking guys are the perfect fucking people to let me get my anger out type of deal. And he's explaining that, you know, I'm going to let this girl get home safe tonight. And he fucking uh, ends up getting the bus driver off the bus, closing the doors, and proceeding to fight all five of these fucking dudes. And it's not like where, like, some people... I've I've heard a lot of people that haven't seen this movie go, I don't know if I can take serious, like, Bob Odenkirk doing that. Like, it's it's Saul from, from Breaking Bad, if you don't know who that is. And it's like, I don't think I can take him serious in this type of role. And it's like, this fight scene right here is something that, like... They didn't make it to where it's it's like a 40-year-old dude fighting. Like, fucking dude is getting his ass beat. Like, he's taking on one dude at a time, and he's winning, but he's getting his ass beat in the process. Like, he's getting beat on pretty good, but he's landing the perfect type of strikes and, and getting these people. And then they're like, when they start teaming up on him, he gets the shit kicked out of him. At one point, he gets thrown out of the window of the bus and straight to the ground. And it takes him, like, it takes a good fucking two minutes for the dude to get up. And he's fucking, like, he's all cut up and fucked up from it. And he comes in, and it's just like, at this point, all the dudes are fucked up. Everybody's been, been like, had the shit kicked out of him. And, yeah, so the weapons get involved, you know, like, he breaks off a handle of a fucking, of in the bus. And because one of the guys is using a knife and all that kind of fucking jazz. So it gets interesting at that point. But yeah, it's uh, he beats one of the guys so bad that he has to put a tourniquet in his throat, and the dude isn't gonna survive. Basically, he's gonna be brain dead. Well, that dude is some Russian gangster's brother. Who? There we go. There's the fucking shit set in motion. Now you got this dude's coming after you, and you slowly figure out who the Bob Odenkirk character is and what the nobody means, and he's he was pretending to be a nobody, but he's actually a somebody. And he is a, he worked, he works for all three fucking, you know, branches of, of he's in NSA, FBI, CS, CS, the NSA. And he works for all of them as like a liquidator is what he called it. Or, you know, he's the guy they call when they got to clean shit up that he'll do anything. And he's cold and calculated and all that kind of shit. Just a total fucking crazy, like, interesting way to weave in, like, who this fucking dude is and why he's so fucking badass. Because he progressively gets more and more badass. And you're like, Jesus Christ. And his dad's a badass. And his brother is ends up being the guy he's talking to on the CV radio who is re- played by RZA from the Wu-Tang. So he's fucking badass. And... It's just, this is a great movie. Nobody, you can watch this one on VOD, but if you can see it in theater still, go, go fucking watch Nobody. It's, it's definitely an enjoyable movie. If you can't, if, if you're like, I can't see Bob Odenkirk playing a role like that, definitely just like take yourself out of it a little bit because it, it's, it's fucking, it's a perfect role for him, really. So um, the next, the next movie I want to talk about is um, Guy Ritchie's new movie, Wrath of Man. And this one's starring uh, J- Jason Statham. He plays H, 
and uh, Holt McCallahanny or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, fucking from, uh, he's the dude from Mindhunter, the older cop. He plays Bullet, and Josh Hartnett's in this one, and uh, Jeffrey Donovan from fucking Burn Notice is in this. And yeah, this is uh, Andy Garcia makes a fucking cameo, a couple cameos. This is a fucking great movie, Wrath of Man. The last couple um, Guy Ritchie movies, last year's uh, The Gentleman was just fucking great. I mean, he did fucking, he's done bad movies. You know, he made Aladdin and King Arthur and fucking just not good movies. But Sherlock Holmes is great. Um, Snatch, you know, Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels. Those movies are fucking amazing. And uh, The Man from Uncle, I've never seen, but I've heard it's all right. Gentleman was, was his last movie, and it was just great. So Wrath of Man, his most recent. Um, fuck, man, this movie is heavy. It is fucking hard. Like, it is one of those fucking movies, man. It, it, and in a theater, that I saw it with the, the Dolby, the Atmos fucking speakers. And goddamn, that thing was just, it was glorious sound. So this movie, it, it's split up and kind of like told in pieces. So like the first act is, you know, it, the, the, the open of this movie is so great with the bank robbing scene, uh, truck robbing scene of the like the bank trucks. And it's from the POV of inside the truck. And you get that uh, the POV of the robbers like later on in the movie as you figure out what's going on and you figure out, figure out what's going on in different pieces, which is, it's interesting. It flashes back and from different point of views, like I was saying. So this is, I mean, it opens with, with just an intense truck, like the truck, the, the passenger getting back in with the money, loading the rest of it in, getting in the passenger seat, them leaving, pulling out, going up to a stop sign where it's one of the road construction crews and the guys holding the stop. And, uh, he stops the, the, the bus fucking, then they back up a, a fucking concrete truck at him. And you're all seeing this through the front windshield. Like you'd be sitting right there and they pull guns and then they fucking, uh, go up to the side of the door. They cut a hole in the door and then they throw fucking flashbangs in. So they get out and they get them out and you can hear them yelling. And then through like a little tiny corner of the window, you can see one of the cops, turn around and get blasted and you're just like oh my god like there's a dude at the, in the door fucking grabbing money with this whole time so you're getting this small perspective of what's going on but you don't know what caused them this chaos and so then you jump to jason statham going to this to this company that um you know was being that that does the 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 trucks and they were They've been robbed a bunch of times and he's this fucking, they've upped their security recently and he's this big type of, you know, working out of a special security and they fucking hire him and he's supposed to be this, this is what you're all being told, you know, he's supposed to be this super, you know, straight laced type of security guy. He's done private security all over the world. And uh, right off the bat, you're like, something's not right with this fucking guy. Like he seems like he's here to figure out who killed somebody like, one of these fucking that one of these cops or something that's that was driving this this van. One of them is got to be related to this dude in some way or something because he's here for revenge. He's not fucking here for just to to clean up, make sure that this fucking place is safe. Like there's he he's come here for a specific reason, and there's a reason he's not being friendly with anybody. 
he's trying to figure out information. And as you're, as the movie progresses, you're figuring out, okay, uh, you're getting different robberies happen where he fucking just like, uh, they, the truck is about to be robbed and he fucking just goes ham on these people, fucking kills all of them. And they're like, holy shit, this guy is like a maniac. Like, we're not supposed to be doing... This isn't the protocol. This dude just fucking wiped out all these dudes. But then the owner of the company is like, man, this is good press for us, like, that our security is willing to do this. The robbers will stop then. And then a another robbery attempt happens, and the dudes that are robbing them, they, they, they recognize Jason Statham, and it's like they just drop their guns, turn around, and leave. And everybody within the company is like, that's kind of weird. It's like they knew who he was. So then it jumps back nine months or some shit like that. And you get the perspective of, okay, he's a fucking gangster. And his crew are ripping off the bank trucks. And they need him to go scout the location that the truck's coming out of if it turns left or right. They're scouting its location. Well, he doesn't want to do that because he's hanging out with his like 19-year-old son who's in town from England. So he's like, I don't really want to do that, but I will. So they go down to the area where the truck's going to be coming out and they go up to a taco truck. He goes up to get a couple of burritos and the sun stays at the truck. Now the truck is parked directly across the street from where the concrete truck is that in minutes is about to pull in front of this bank truck and rob them. And there's the, you know, they're scouting this to happen and there's another crew that's already jumping on it. And all this stuff happens to where this, uh, yeah, Jason Statham's kid ends up getting killed in the crossfire. And uh like he's stand he's witnessing all this happen and they pull him out of the car and then when those two uh when the two fucking dudes shoot the cops, he's witnessed it so then the one dude shoots him, one of the members of the crew. There's a five-man crew. So two of them fucking ice the cops. One of them tried you you get all this perspective. One of the cops tried to fucking draw his gun on him so then one of the robbers fucking killed both of them and then the kid laying on the ground is watching all of this happen so then they're like we have to fucking kill him too so then they kill him and Jason Statham is running as he's seeing this happen and he gets shot twice so he's been recovering this whole time and now he's out looking for like who the fuck is this other crew and he's going fucking no mercy on anybody and he you can tell right away he's got an in with like the FBI or some shit um that's who Jerry Garcia's character is. He's like some FBI or fucking police somebody. He's in good with that guy, though. So he's able to go around all these different gangs and just fucking rough shit up and figure out what the fuck's going on. And he's wiping out all these different gangs, and nobody knows anything about anybody. It's They don't know anything about a new crew. They're trying to figure all this shit out. So then at this point, he's like, it has to be an inside job. Like, we have to figure this shit out in some way. So he fucking, you know, gets this whole new identity that he was a security force expert and goes undercover into this place to try to fucking figure out what the hell's going on. And boom, fucking, he's on to something when it comes to there being an inside job. But he still can't figure out who it is and what's what's... The, the procedure and all that kind of shit. And then you're meeting who these guys are. Then, then it jumps to who these guys are. Then you get their whole perspective. And when they started knocking off, uh, they started knocking off trucks and our banks. And then it was trucks and they're a bunch of fucking Marines. 
and the leader of their crew is the dude from Burn Notice, Jeffrey Donovan, and getting all their perspective is like, that part was fucking a crazy part of the movie. And then, you know, they eventually try to hit the, the whole depot and it's an interesting little reveal where he's still trying to figure out who the mole is within the company. And, uh, he's riding around with bullet and fucking they're going to hit the depot that day. And they're finishing up going back to the depot and bullet tells him, Hey, you know, I got a side, like I can trust you. Right. And he ends up telling him all this shit. And it's like, Holy shit. The one guy he didn't suspect being, the mole is the mole. So now he's kind of like, I got my end. I'm going to fucking just cooperate until I can get these motherfuckers locked inside that building with me. And yeah, just all out fucking mayhem happens. And yeah, this is definitely a, it's not really like a funny guy, Reggie movie, like a lot of his movies are, but it's definitely a, a fucking gritty and interesting movie. It's, uh, let's see. It's fucking 67 with the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, but 92 with the people. Fucking 92 with the people. Full, full, like, just action. And it has a, there's a scene that just like, fuck, it gave me chills watching it with the sound and the way it was edited. And it's when he's figuring, trying to figure out who, who did this. He's going through different rooms of this fucking drug house and he's fucking, and the camera's following him through each room and it's dark and dingy and there's this version of of Johnny Cash's uh fucking God, which which uh fucking song is it? An old uh one of the Johnny Cash like fucking um I think it's uh uh fucking Ain't No Grave and it's playing like at a tone like a slower, slower pace and it's cut with to where it's like there's a heavy bass in between of each him going through each room and doing what he's doing. It's just the editing alone, like in that shit was just, it, it, it gave me chills. Like I said, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking crazy. And usually movies like that don't fucking, you know, I, I figured this would just be a good action movie, but not a great action movie. It was really, for me, it was fucking, uh, it was a great movie. So yeah, those were the first three movies I saw <laughs> fucking coming out of the theater, uh, theaters opening two, two in a row. And then fucking, the next weekend, I saw Wrath of Man. Then I took a week off. And then this past weekend, I saw three. We're going to talk briefly about, I don't know, two of them. Because, let's see. Yeah, two of them I'll talk briefly about. Because the reason I talk so in-depth about Mortal Kombat, Nobody, and Wrath of Man is because, you know, fuck it. People have had plenty of time to see Mortal Kombat and Nobody. And then Wrath of Man, you know, I don't know if a lot of people will see it, but hopefully me talking about it, people will see it. Um, I know two of these movies that I'm going to talk about next, people will see for sure. One of them isn't even out yet on Netflix. It's about to be dropping, but it had a limited run in theaters that I got to saw. Uh, I got to see Army of the Dead and then Spiral. So I saw Spiral on Thursday night on opening night. Uh, that's from the Book of Saw, the new Saw movie uh, starring Chris Rock, Samuel L. Jackson, um, directed by uh, fucking Darren Lynn, Lynn Bozeman. He did the uh, he did Saw 2. Um, he's, he's directed a couple of these Saw movies already. So he had kind of experience doing this. Saw 2, Saw 3, and Saw 4. So this is the new Saw movie. It's definitely different than a Saw movie, but it is a, a Saw movie. And it's an enjoyable, enjoyable Saw movie. Um, for some reason, I didn't... 
Um, I saw the trailers, and for some reason, I'm thinking, oh, it's a spinoff, Spiral. Um, I did see that Jigsaw other one that was supposed to be like another spinoff, like before this, and I and I just thought it was comical, like the laser to the guy's face, and it's like at the end that split his face into like a weird, like it looked like a fucking uh, like a plant, like kind of fucking look like when you get an uh, when you get an asparagus and you get to the heart and you split it, it like they fucking just looked ridiculous. I just thought it was hokey and funny and like so with this one, I'm seeing Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, and I'm thinking. I don't know if this is going to be like a typical Saw movie for so for some reason, you know, typically I don't I don't watch these types of movies in the theater. I don't really like the fucking gratuitous violence and the torture porn. And uh, the the only Saw movie I really liked was the first one. And, yeah, there is some graphic violence in that fucking movie. But it, it is a great story. And the twist at the end, they've been they've been searching for that twist ever since in this series. And it's just this movie is one in the same when it comes to that. There's a twist that you see miles uh, ahead. Like you, if you're like me, when you watch these types of movies, you're like, I wonder who the killer is. And you start thinking, Oh, it's that guy. And then like halfway through, you're like, no, it's probably that guy. Like when it's the movie where the first time you think, I think that guy's the killer. And you never have that thought 20 minutes later, like maybe it's this, this guy. No, I still think it's that guy. Like I, I'll, I'll get to another movie that at the end that I watched on Netflix last night, that was the exact same way. That it's just like, oh, this guy's probably that awkward conversation was weird. This guy's probably the the fucking killer. So this Saw movie was was one and the same. But like I said, I wasn't expecting this to be like a typical Saw movie. So I'm going in thinking, okay, this is gonna be fucking you know Saw movie. There's probably gonna be a couple of uh, like graphic shit happening, but I don't expect it to be to either Chris Rock or Sam Jackson because they're big stars. They're not gonna be fucking putting a bear trap on their face. And let's hope that they do something different because it kind of looks different. And on on like a level of Saw, it's nowhere near like as brutal as some of the Saw movies. But it's definitely uncomfortable and definitely brutal. Uh, the open of this fucking movie is a a cop getting chased down into the sewers and then getting trapped up into a fucking trap that holds his fucking tongue out, like a vice grip holding his tongue out of his mouth. And he's being held up on train tracks standing on a rickety ladder with his hands behind his back and razor wire around his wrists and his tongue being fucking, you know, like I said, in a vice grip with a nail through the middle of it so that, it, you know, it, he can't get it out. And the TV screen comes on and says, you know, you've lied under oath multiple times, more than anybody can count. The, uh, the train is coming in two minutes to save yourself, you must rip your lying tongue from your mouth and uh, you make the choice. So it's like, okay, this is exactly what we're, we're going to get some fucking horrific shit in this fucking movie. If we're opening like this and it wasn't as horrific as I was expecting, but goddamn, I mean that that was a horrible kill. The worst one was for me was the dude getting his fucking fingers ripped off by a lathe um, while getting electrocuted at the end, which was just overkill. But these movies are known for that kind of shit. And the only difference here, you know, it's it's killing cops in this movie. It's killing dirty cops. And Chris Rock's character is uh, the good cop. And there are all these dirty cops in his precinct. And nobody trusts him because 10 years prior, he turned in a dirty cop. And his dad was the police chief at the time. So everybody just suspected his dad, you know, gave him the job. And now he's turning in dirty cops. And nobody thinks he's loyal. They all think he's a rat, blah, blah, blah. So 
he doesn't like working with anybody. He gets given a new partner. It's the typical, I don't want you as my partner, but the new partner's gung-ho and ready to go and fucking all that type of shit. There's, there's multiple, you know, each, each cop you, the, the funny thing is the first guy with his tongue type of thing, you don't know he's a dirty cop. Like you just see that there's this guy fucking grabbing purses and he's off duty and he just chases him down. You're like, Oh, this guy seems all right. And then throughout the movie, they're killing cops that are like bad. You're like, fuck this guy. Like this guy sucks. The guy getting his fingers ripped off. Like that guy sucks. Like, I wouldn't really care like fucking this. Like, so it's not, it's not hard to stomach the shit happening to him because you're like, man, this guy fucking sucks, but it's still fucking rough to watch. Like dude's fucking hands are connected to these metal Chinese finger traps that have wires running up to a lathe. And he has to bite down on a thing that he's wearing over his head that will activate the lathe to pull his fucking fingers off. And it's pretty fucking gnarly. Um, if definitely, uh, like I said, overkill with the electrocution at the end, but these movies are just typical like that. But uh, I'll leave it there for people that want to see Spiral. Um, if you're a fan of like horror movies, I'm sure you'll like it. If you're a fan of like uh, the Saw movies, maybe you'll like it. I don't. That's the one thing where it's like I don't know if you, if you're a big time Saw fan, like if you'll like this movie. But you might. Um, it's sitting at 37% with the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 75 with the people. So yeah, I'd give it, I'd give it a C, you know, that's kind of where I'd put it. It's not terrible. It's not fantastic though, either. And then, um, army of the dead was, uh, Oh no, fuck. Let's see. I'll go in order here. Army of the dead. I saw yesterday or no Sunday. Get my days all fucked up. So, after Spiral, um, on Friday night, I saw Those Who Wish Me Dead. This is one I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about because I don't think a lot of people will see this, but they should. This this is uh, from director Taylor Sheridan. Um, one of my favorites working today, he wrote Sicario, he wrote uh, Hell or High Water, and he wrote this movie called Wind River and also directed Wind River. And then he has been at the helm of the Yellowstone TV show, which is just f- fucking great. If you haven't seen Yellowstone, it, it's great. So this is his new um, offering starring uh, Angelina Jolie in the main role. And then there's uh, John Bernthal's in this. And then Nicholas Holt. He's the uh, Nux from, from um, fucking Mad Max. And basically, this uh, this movie is, I don't know, it's um, it's about fire jumpers. Angelina Jolie's character is a fire jumper. They jump into the fucking like the wilderness fires from the from the sky to to help fight the fire and save the people that are down there and all that kind of shit. And it opens with like a flashback type of thing of her flying like parachuting down and then some shit and then it cuts away and it cuts to um these two men pulling up to a house dressed in like uh like gas company attire but they're pulling up in like a fucking um they're pulling up in like a mercedes or some shit so then they go up to this house they're like is your husband home like oh no no Oh, well, we're here to check the gas. There, there there was a leak in this area. We have to check it. Oh, should we all get out? No, like, no, you're fine. They go inside. 
what I assume is they're planting a bomb, like because fuck these people aren't from the gas company. Like, and then they come out, they get back in the car. Um, they're talking about something, you know. So they're talking about somebody. Like, how long is it to get to Jacksonville? And they're like, oh, it's this many hours. And I was like, well, do you think he'll be gone by then? Well, if he had, and the one guy's, like, oh, if he has any sense, he will, but he'll probably panic and and stay. And as they drive away, the house fucking explodes. You're like, holy shit. So then it cuts to the this uh this dude and his son sitting in their kitchen and they're eating breakfast and they're talking about stuff and he looks up and he sees the TV screen of the house and then the the news broadcast lists the name of the person and he's like fuck like and this dude just automatically kind of panics grabs his son like we got to go like and he takes him to school, and as he's taking him to school, he's, like, realizing maybe there's somebody at the school that, you know, so then he's like, we're playing hooky today, we're leaving. Like, and he's giving his son a little bit of this information, like, hey, I did something that I probably shouldn't have done that's, you know, going to get me killed, but I did the right thing. And that house that exploded this morning, that was somebody that was a client of mine that also knew about what happened, and he's, like, he's a he's a, an accountant or something, and that guy was a lawyer, and all this shit. So you're, you're automatically like, okay, those guys that showed up were something to do with, with whoever they fucked over in some way. You don't get that information, but like throughout the movie, you never get that information, which I was actually really like, I liked that aspect of it. You, it leaves you with some wonder and you're thinking the whole time, why do these people care so much? That must be some corrupt shit going on. So they're, um, they're on the run and they're going out to to Texas to his um the the fucking the dad character he's going out to to his brother-in-law's like survival camp out in the middle of like Texas or some shit I don't Oklahoma or some, Montana or some shit I don't fucking know it's mid midwest and um they know I I don't think they ever do say though they might have said Montana I think they did say Montana but I could be wrong so they're going out there, and um, then you get the the two killers showing up at that his house in Florida, and they're looking. They're they're noticing he cut bait, and he's got his computer open. He's looking at stuff. Okay, he withdrew ten k. Like he's gonna disappear. Look for anything in the house that can give us a clue. Well, they find a picture hanging on the wall of them all with the family, and it says like camp something on the wall. Then they they trace down where that camp is, and boom, that's where we're headed. So they're trying to beat them there. Well, they fly there. They fucking realize, okay, the camp's right here. They, he hasn't made it yet. Uh, let's go find an area where we can shoot him from the road. And they end up finding this area, and they they're running the license plates from a when they can from the vantage point where the shooter's at. He's radioing the license plate down to the guy on the street level who's punching it in, and they're able to tell who's the car's registered to. And boom, they get their guy. They shoot him. He ends up crashing down a ravine and the fucking like goes off the road down to a, hits a tree off to a ravine and uh, tells his son like at this point, he's written a little note for him telling him, don't ever read this. Just if something happens to me, give this to somebody you can trust and tells him to call the news and give it to them, you know, all this kind of shit. And he tells his son, get out of the car and, and go like go down to that tree down there and whatever you see, like don't come out. And follow the river because rivers lead to towns. So he 
gets out. He goes, this kid's like fucking 13. He gets out and fucking goes and hides and, uh, they end up coming and shooting up the car and then he fucking gasses it and the car flips and all this shit. And they're like, there's no way he, he could have survived. So they take off the two killers. The kid then cuts and fucking gets down to the river and is following the river. Now that's the whole, like that aspect of the story. Now all intertwined with this is you're getting Angelina Jolie's like she's, going through some sort of PTSD situation to where she wasn't cleared for active duty. So she's got to spend her whole fire season at a tower in the middle of the forest. And it's alone and desolate. She's out there at this tower and she's pissed off at life and all this kind of shit. Everybody is kind of pissed off at her and you're, kind of wondering why you're getting a little bit of snippets of flashbacks here and there, but you don't exactly know why this is going on. So this all happens and the kid ends up at the tower and she is like, what, what are you doing here? Like, and she ends up finding him getting a little bit of information out taking him back to the tower, getting him some water and ask him like, you know, is this an emergency? Do we have to go now? All the while the killers have realized, okay, there, the reports are coming out that there was only one body in that, that car. Where's the sun? And they're like, fuck, we got to like track this kid down. And they're like, well, we got to go to that survival site. And if anybody's there, we're just going to kill him. Like, well, we, they can't do that. Like this is a small town. Well, what do they do? They light a fucking massive forest fire. Well, that'll keep them busy is what one of the guys says. Oh, fucking goddamn. So the forest fire gets lit. They end up going and, um, going to this survival camp and fucking it's John Bernthal, his wife, John Bernthal is the sheriff of the town. His wife is pregnant. They run a survival camp, fucking, uh, they both show up there. The fucking the only the wife is there. She's fucking badass. She fights both of them off, type of deal. Like shit happens to where she look. It looks like they're gonna kill her, but she gets a code word to the the husband, and then she gets away, and he gets back. He goes there, and they fucking kidnap him. They're like, "You're gonna take us to the crash site, and you're gonna show us where your fucking your nephew went." You're going to help us find him or you're going to die and we're going to kill your wife and all this shit. So he's helping them track the kid. They go to the crash site. They find footprints. They follow the footprints. At this point, the kid and Angelina Jolie are heading into town through the forest when they come across the forest fire. And she's like, we have to go back. We have to go to the tower. It's the safest place. So then they go back. They go to the tower. Um... They're hiding up there. Then the killers get there with the sheriff. He climbs up. The shit happens to where they try to get off. The He's got a tracker in him. His wife shows up. Uh, all kinds of shit goes down at this point. Um, then the fucking fire, like all this gnarly shit, you realize that the PTSD that Angelina Jolie has comes from uh, letting, uh, not misjudging the wind in a, in a serious uh, fucking forest fire that she was in and watching as three young boys were burned to death as she just stood there and couldn't help them. 
And so she's been scarred from that. So now she's kind of got this, like, this new kid right here in front of her to to make up for this, like, you know, I, I can set this right. So she's, like, all about trying to get this kid to safety, and they have to go through the fire, and it's it's crazy. This is a really good movie. Um, it's a really dark movie. If you know how Taylor Sheridan writes his movies, it's very dark, very gritty type of shit like that. So, yeah, definitely recommend... Um, the uh, fucking Those Who Wish Me Dead. And then another one with Dead in the title, Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's new zombie movie. Um, I'll be brief with this one because this one comes out Friday. So I won't really spoil this. Um, it's basically a zombie apocalypse uh, type of movie, but it's an experiment gone wrong, U.S. government experiment gone wrong. Um, and then they end up sealing off Vegas. This all happens within the first five minutes of the movie. They seal off Vegas with uh, shipping containers. The whole city's, uh, uh, like the whole strip area is all sealed off. All their zombies in there. Fucking, and there are different types of zombies. There's like stupid ones that just stand there and get burned to death by the sun. And then there's ones that are like, that can communicate with each other. And, and it's based off of the main like experiment that gets out, that goes and when he when he gets into Vegas, he goes up to the Olympus and he sees the statue and he goes in thinking he's the new Olympic God, like if, you know, fucking he's the God of this kingdom now. So he has a bunch of his like actual zombies that he can communicate with that are fucking crazy infected. Like, but they, it's, it gets really interesting at points. Uh, and, and I didn't mind this movie at all. It was actually super enjoyable at points. I was thinking like, man, if they're going to, like they're gonna nuke Vegas as part of the the whole thing. They got the whole whole city, uh, mapped off and everybody inside are all zombies. And if you're not a zombie inside, then fucking what the hell are you doing inside of there? You're not supposed to be there. Um, and the whole plot is, uh, the crew, the main guy that gets Batista, the the main guy that gets recruited to to go in and and there's a hundred million dollars under one of the casinos in a vault. And the owner of the casino is like, I've already been reimbursed this money, but if we can somehow get the actual money out, you know, then that's just a plus. And you guys know the city. And so he goes to one of the people who helped rescue get people out, Dave Batista, and then he gets his whole crew back together, a bunch of other new people, and a safe cracker and all that kind of stuff, and a coyote to get them in because there's people that do that. And then they go in, and that's when they encounter the smarter zombies that – you know they need they need a a uh, a sacrifice to get get through. So they fucking you know they sacrifice this fucking dickhead. Like there's there's this whole underlying like type of uh, border type of thing going on with all the people that lived in Vegas that are now at these camps to make sure that they're not like they're quarantined to make sure they're not infected and they don't have any land anymore and all this kind of. There's this like type of shit underlying political shit going on in the movie where you're like what the fuck but uh one of the the guards that guards that camp he's a total fucking prick he gets brought in with like the group as like he thinks he's going to be extra muscle for this crew and they sacrifice him to these smarter zombies and it's fucking hilarious like they just take him away like and they don't fucking eat him you know they want to make him one of their own and the only way to do that is by the main alpha turning him by biting him a specific way or some shit like right in the wrist or some shit. And then he turns into one of them. And, uh, it was a super interesting concept, super enjoyable. Um, and yeah, it comes out on Netflix, like I said, this Friday. So 
definitely check that one out. Um, and then I'll, uh, I'll wrap this, this episode up with this, uh, fucking movie I watched on Netflix last night. Just God awful. The woman in the window. If you've been seeing this on, on Netflix, it's like number one on Netflix. I'm like, how the fuck is this number one? It must be because of the intrigue of the cast, but it is a massive cast, fucking Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Julianne Moore, Jennifer Jason Lee, Wyatt Russell, like Ed, Ed, Anthony Mackie. There's so many people in this movie, so many recognizable faces. And this movie was just bad. It was bad. Um, it's about an agoraphobic woman who fucking, she can't leave her home and she's suffering from some sort of trauma. And she gets a gift from this neighbor and, Oh, the, the kid, she's a child psychologist and the kid comes over and she's like, oh, he looks like he's being abused. And this was the movie where I automatically was like, this kid is fucking weird and not right in the head. And this kid's probably the fucking killer. And it turned out that kid was a fucking killer. It was super like fucking, you could see it coming from a mile away. But this is one of those movies where they make you think like, she's crazy. She's crazy. She's fucking suffering from trauma and she's popping pills and she's fucking drinking wine the whole time. And she, the plot is she thinks she saw this woman murdered in the house next door, but she doesn't know what she saw and she actually did see it. And, but the whole time they make you think that she didn't see it. And the whole time you're like, but she did see it because we saw this conversation happen in the movie before all the like pill popping and shit happened. Like before you saw how like she was a drug addict, like basically trying new medication and suffering from PTSD and all this kind of shit. You see her, enjoying a nice uh, glass of wine and a conversation with this woman she invited in and they're talking and she draws her a picture and she says that her name's whatever the neighbor's wife's name is. And then when she sees this fucking whole murder happen in the house next door, she sees it from the windows. She's like that fucking woman who's killed. And then they're like, you don't even know fucking you've never met her before. And, the the husband's like, you've never met her before, played by Gary Oldman. He's like, this is my wife, and it's Jennifer Jason Lee. And you're like, wait, that's not fucking Julianne Moore is the other woman. You're like, that's not who her wife was. Like, what the fuck? And so you're like, is she really crazy? And this was like, but it's not. You're you're being shown exactly what happens. Then you're trying, then they're trying to manipulate you the entire time into thinking she's crazy for her to actually not be crazy, and the whole thing actually happened which is just absolutely ridiculous. Like I would have been more for it. The whole thing being in her head at the end, it would have been a much better movie. I would have been like, Oh man, that's fucked up. Like it would have had a different, but it it got to the point where now everybody thinks she's nuts and she's now realized, Holy shit. I've gone overboard a little bit. My, my medications fucking screwed me here. And then she's starting to dial it back. And all it takes is one picture that she took on her phone with that, that night of two wine glasses. And in the reflection of the wine glass, she sees the lady's face and boom. Then, then this, the end of the movie is the fucking kid revealing, oh, I, I killed her. I killed my own mom. And that's blah, blah, blah. Like all this fucking weird shit. Like it was her bio, it's the biological mom. And her, her name isn't what she said it was. She lied. And her name is actually this. And it, it was like, this is fucking so ridiculous. So this crazy woman is actually right the whole time. Why'd you spend fucking an hour making this woman absolutely insane? So yeah, uh, 
don't recommend fucking don't watch it. Like fucking wasn't that great. But, uh, I do recommend all those other movies that I talked about, uh, Mortal Kombat, Nobody, Wrath of Man, Spiral, uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead, and Army of the Dead. All six of those are playing in theaters. Uh, theaters are open. Uh, they're social distance type of thing if you're, if you're worried about all that type of jazz. Um, if you're vaccinated... Um, I believe you don't have to wear your mask. You don't. You, you, I mean, I take my fucking mask off when I get in there because there's nobody around me. But um, they do have the mask rule when you're walking around and type of shit like that. I, I don't think you have to wear your mask when you're at your seat. But fuck it, I don't. Um, but yeah, until next time, if you uh, you know if you like what you hear, fucking subscribe and shit. Until next time, man. They uh, later. <laughs>